0: It's time for episode 312 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes.
1: Welcome back to clockwise, the only tech podcast that will make an excellent family heirloom one day. I am your co host, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the vast and ever changing internet by my co host, good pal, good buddy, good friend, and good dungeon master. It is Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing very well. I like this picture of like your your parent coming
0: to you with like a little wooden engraved box and then they open it up and they're like, "It's a podcast." And you're like,
1: <laughs> uh, "What? <laughs> Where's the money, mom?" Uh well, I am excited to have uh freshly joined over at this week or at over at twit.tv uh my colleague now. How fun. And also a very awesome photographer. It's Aunt Pruitt. How you doing, Aunt?
2: And I am unbelievable as always and I really really <laughs> really appreciate you having me on and tolerating me in the same office space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I can never go back to working in an office. Uh and to my left, our second guest this week, the managing editor over at iMore, it's Lori Gill. Welcome back, Lori.
3: Thanks for having me back. I think I'm actually to your right. I'm going to throw you out, out oh all, all mixed up. You don't know what you're doing now, I oh now God. I'm on the right side.
1: Well, uh, while we get that confusion worked out and uh, iron out that traffic jam, I will kick things off because we've got four topics in only 30 minutes. Tell us about a photo you took with your current smartphone or with a recent smartphone that you loved
2: this was pretty, pretty tough one for me, but there was one shot that I took with my original pixel um, a couple of years ago, and I ended up posting it in my online gallery for sale for prints, and people started buying it, and I called it Mystical Trail. And it was just um, hiking down a, a nature trail near my home in North Carolina, and the lighting was just right, and it was a like a cold winter... Um, morning walk, and it just it, it just felt like a great mood and said, huh, I'm going to shoot this thing. And sure enough, it came out all right.
0: The one that stuck out for me was actually a recent one I took with my iPhone XS, which was on my honeymoon uh, last month. Uh, we were in Scotland for part of that in the Glencoe, which is a lovely, you know, got those lovely rolling hills of the highlands in Scotland. And I took a panorama uh, of the scenery, the landscape there, and then, on one side of it there's there's my my wife is like doing a yoga pose, like standing on one leg or something, but it's just this it's it's fascinating to just be able to capture that much information like the panorama feature I made huge use of that uh in my travels, and it is just stunning because you'll take even with the standard lens on an iPhone you'll take a picture and you're like nah it just doesn't do justice to like how majestic this landscape is and i'm i'm kind of hoping that the ultra wide lens on the new iPhone 11 Pro will help with some of that but i do love the panorama feature and i think it just really opens up so many possibilities and this was pretty much my favorite panorama i've ever taken so I, it's a it's a gorgeous picture
3: my picture is not that you know, gorgeous landscape, well-composed com- or anything like that. It's a picture that I took of my mom and I together. It's a selfie version. Um, While we were at Disneyland for Mother's Day, we took it at nighttime. There were these sort of glowing Disney pillars in the background and we're just, le- our heads are leaning in together. And for me, it's, it's capturing a memory that It sticks with me all the time. I actually, sometimes when I'm just thinking of my mom, this image pops up in my head because it just shows like our, we have these big smiles on our face. It was the first night of Disneyland, so we were really happy to be together. And that whole weekend was a great experience. Um, Referring to the new iPhone the one thing that's lacking in this particular picture is more of the background and the new selfie mode in uh, iPhone 11 Pro is going to capture more of that background and tell a bigger story. So I, I'm excited about the ability to kind of grab that extra stuff, especially when you are taking a front facing photo. When you're taking a selfie, you miss a lot of background because you just can't fit it in there. So that, that's a, you know, great memories for me. That's what, that's what my great pictures are.
1: I took this photo of the underside of the roof of the Apple Park Visitor Center against the blue sky, and there's a little bit of the glass, the the, the curved glass of the Visitor Center, and then these really cool wood panels uh, that are underneath the the roof, and then the sky uh, sort of off to the side. And I took a bunch of different photos, but this one I saw, I kind of cropped it, um, and it turned out so neat. And I was so happy with it. And I couldn't believe that I had taken this photo. Um, and so I immediately was like, I got to share this to everybody. I want everybody to see this photo that I took, because I was just so proud of it. it. It ended up looking really cool. And that made me feel good. Because most of the time when I take photos, um, I'll see the photo and I'll think, okay, that's fine but I don't know what to do with the photo after it's done to like make it better or make it look cool or, or give it some, some pop or something. And with this one, I was what I feel is successful in making it look cool and, you know, doing the right things to have it turn out. So it was just all around like a really good feeling for me, uh, with this photo. And I am looking forward to having that same experience with the new phone. Um, because I really do want to amp up my photo game. And being in this beautiful, nature filled um, area of the US is going to provide that opportunity. So, yeah, uh, get inspired with our photos of uh, listeners. And thank you all for your answers to that. Let's move on to our next topic, which comes from Ant.
2: Piggybacking off of your question, um, you know, new phones are announced. So that always means new cameras to most of the regular folks in the world, not as nerdy techno folks here in this podcast. Um, so with that said, my question to you all is, uh, are you a selfie person or are you not a selfie person? I struggle with this um, from for various reasons because of the freelancing and branding that I needed to try to do over the years with social media, and I found that those selfies are the most engaged images when you put them up there, whether you want to put them up there or not. So are you a selfie person?
0: Uh, you know, I I think like many people of my my age, I poo-pooed the selfie idea. But I mean, that said, I remember taking them with, you know, point and mm-hmm. shoot cameras uh, way back when, when you had to like kind of guess, mm-hmm. like, all right, I think uh, I think we we're all in the friend. shot and then take a picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and you know I think it's just it, it's part of the culture now and I have embraced it wholeheartedly I don't tend to be a person who posts like a lot of selfies but like you know uh I my wife and I take a ton of selfies when we're traveling. Um, and usually my mother gives me a hard time because oftentimes we'll do like the, like sticking our tongues out or something. She's like, can't you just take a nice picture of the two of you? It's like, uh, clearly not. Uh, I think I feel very self-conscious if I try to take like a real picture. So like, you know, mugging for the camera helps me get a little more comfortable with it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't post a lot of them on, on like Instagram or anything, but I, I certainly, I think I take way more selfies than I actually share with, with, in the public, but maybe I should, maybe I should share more. I don't know.
3: So I just, I looked in my selfie album on my iPhone XS right now just to see, cause I don't think of myself as a selfie taker. I have uh, 234 pictures in the selfie album and of that I would say, are pictures of myself with someone else. So I like to take pictures with other people where I want the two of us in it and there's nobody around to take that picture. Um, In terms of whether or not I put those up on any social media, I would say very, very rarely do I post pictures of myself on social media. And that is definitely self-humbling, I guess, in a way. I, I love to look at pictures of myself. But I don't like to be the one to put them up myself. Oh, if that makes any sense, <laughs> so I don't. It's not that I'm. I don't mind at all having my picture appear places. I think you know. I'm always like, oh, you know, that's an angle I don't usually see of myself or something like that. But um, there, there's a humbling nature of I. I try to pretend that I'm not narcissistic, and so <laughs> by not putting pictures of myself up, I'm I'm somehow making people think maybe I'm not. Really into what I look like, but I'm—I actually am, so I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> I am a selfie taker. Uh, most of my selfies are photos of me with my dogs in them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I know that part of it, I'm sure, or I I don't know, but I, I assume that part of it is my age. That you know, I, I'm well within the uh the generation that does not have maybe the shame of of having some, uh, I don't know, just self-interest, I guess <laughs> is the best way to put it. Uh And so, yeah, I don't mind selfies. I think less it's about how I feel about them really and more about wanting to encourage, uh, like if people are into taking selfies, I highly... You know, support that. I think that it is a, it's something that doesn't hurt any, it's something that doesn't hurt anybody. It's something that for many people is a, is a positive thing for them. It makes them feel better about themselves. And so when it's a, a thing that makes a person feel good and they're not hurting anybody else, then I will always be a champion for those kinds of things and, you know, encourager of those kinds of things. So on the whole, I am definitely not anti selfie. I will say that for me, I am conscious of my selfie output. Like I may take some photos of myself in different situations, but the number of, of those photos that actually make it out into the world they're shared with people is far less because I want to share those kinds of photos with a purpose. I am not the person that wants to have like a selfie a day, so to speak.
2: Well, me, I personally am not a selfie person. Um, but I, I I do understand the power of them from a branding standpoint. And I will try my best to take them here and there and and just sort of roll with it. But it I just much rather be behind the lens um and shooting. But if I'm going to be in front of the lens, I'd rather it be, you know, like a studio shooter or or something of that nature where i it's just different. It's I don't know. I, I'm just I guess I'm not candid enough with selfies.
1: Uh, folks, we have reached halftime, and that means I get to tell you about our pals at Smile who bring you text expander. You can unlock your productivity with text expander. You can make everything you're writing repetitively over and over again available everywhere you type. So that's text documents, spreadsheets, web forms, emails, and more. You keep your message consistent. You keep it accurate and you keep it up to date by sharing those snippets with your coworkers. Text expander for teams is a great collaboration tool because it makes it easy to organize snippets for your support, customer service, and other departments. So you only give those teams the snippets they need. I've talked before about how much I love Text Expander. I was literally just talking about it yesterday with one of my colleagues because I can't function without Text Expander. I use it literally every day. Most of the time, it's just for uh, when I'm naming files. I have an easy uh, Text Expander snippet that's uh, semicolon slug, and what that does is it drops in the date, o nine eighteen nineteen, and then I can name the file after that. Um I used to use it uh as Lori can attest. I would gladly share my snippets with uh my coworkers at iMore because w- there was some, you know, some templatized things and it made it super easy if you could just sort of have everything pop right in and you fill in the blanks as you needed. Um it just speeds up everything and then you're like that person who has a stick of gum that you can give to people. And people like the person who has a stick of gum. In this case, it's a snippet instead of a stick of gum. Uh Text Expander is available for you on Mac OS, on Windows, on iPhone and iPad, and on Chrome. And guess what? Listeners out there can get 20% off their first year. You just go to TextExpander.com slash podcast. That's TextExpander.com slash podcast. If you've been meaning to try Text Expander, you gotta do it now. Go check it out. TextExpander.com slash podcast. And thanks so much to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show. And all of Relay FM. All right, Dan the Man, what have you got for us?
0: Well, uh, Apple is shipping the Apple Watch Series Five. A bunch of the reviews came out this morning, and I guess my question is for you: for you is we're five years uh, from when Apple first announced the Apple Watch. Uh, is there anything that is still missing in this device? Is there something you want it to do that it doesn't? Where is Apple going from here, Lori?
3: To me, Series 4 was the Apple Watch to beat all Apple Watches. And the fact that they have Always On now is the, the reason why a lot of people are going to want this watch. So the always on feature is really something that was missing. And now it's not. It's now an actual watch. I personally don't really need the always on. I, that's never been something that I was driven to, to wish I had. So, um, to me, I'm keeping my, my series four, even though the series five is pretty great. I'm keeping four, but in uh, this, and this isn't what I want, but the one feature that is missing that I hear a lot of people talk about. Is some version of sleep tracking, and the problem right now is that sleep tracking is not really very good technology. Um, it's it's not ex- most most sleep trackers don't really give you the correct data or the amount of data that you need. But I think that's why it's missing from Apple Watch right now. I think once technology is good enough to properly track your sleep and properly give you the kind of data information that you need. Apple will add that to Apple watch. So we might see it next year. We might see it the year after that to me is the one feature missing. Not that I need, but that I know a lot of people wish that it had.
1: I want sleep tracking so badly. (laughs) Um, I wanted, so I will say that, uh, the always on display was something that, uh, Leo and I both sort of celebrated the moment that we heard that that was a feature that was coming. Um, I've been fine without it, sure. But I do think that an always-on display is going to be nice. Um, I am very excited to get my new uh, Apple Watch on Friday and be able to check out this always-on display. Uh, don't care so much about the compass that's <laughs> being added to it um, or international emergency calling. Unless I end up in a situation where that's necessary, then I'm going to be like, oh, this is the best feature <laughs> that's ever so come to an Apple Watch. That. Right? <laughs> um, but I... I think it is a bit, it's a bit of an incremental update. Um, and I think that Apple's just sort of sticking to their play, uh, playbook of updating the Apple watch every year. Um, or, you know, trying to stick to that as much as possible. So ah, anything that's still missing. Yeah. It really is, uh, sleep tracking. So I, I don't know how they do that except with some sort of new battery technology with multi day life, but. I would like to have that. Um, although I'm trying out a new thing, it's a uh, it's called Beauty Rest, um, and it is you put these two like paddle things underneath your mattress on either side of the mattress, and it tracks your respiration, your heart rate, and your sleep. And you don't have to do anything at all. And for the longest time, I had been doing sleep tracking on my Apple Watch, my Series 4, using the app Pillow. Uh, but I'd have to wear my watch at night, and so then I'd charge it during the day. Well, with this new, newfangled contraption that I have, um, I may be giving up on using my Apple Watch as my sleep tracker and charging it in the morning and charging it overnight instead. So yeah, even though sleep tracking's missing, I may not be missing it. And what are your
2: thoughts on the Apple Watch if you have them? <laughs> that would be no. I do not. But no, I do have thoughts on it. Um it is nice that they have this new always on capability. I thought that already existed and it, it really made me laugh when people started, you know, <laughs> singing praises and hallelujah when that was announced. <laughs> Kumbaya. Was like, wow, that's they never had that. Um, far as the sleep tracking goes, that would be fascinating and, and useful, but personally, I don't know if I could sleep with a watch on. Um, currently I wear these chakra bracelets that my wife makes me wear and sleeping in them every now and then is a, is a bit of a an, an annoyance. And so just to think about having an actual watch on my wrist, I, I don't know if I could do that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like the idea of wearing my watch at night. So I like the idea of sleep tracking. I just, I don't want to wear wear, wear a watch. Um, I think you know, generally speaking, I think you guys hit upon some stuff. It, it seems clear that the Apple Watch is a device that's mainly about health and fitness, um, and to a certain degree, things like notifications. Uh, so I think we'd all like to see more health tracking capabilities along those lines, things like blood pressure monitoring, glucose monitoring, etc. I think the technology is is slow to develop there because of just the way those measurements have traditionally been taken. It's kind of hard to do it in a watch, but I'm sure that they are being investigating. So more generally, I think the thing that I would like to see, and and this necessarily isn't necessarily something for me as it is sort of for the future of the Apple Watch, I saw some people talking about the the watch as an independent device. And it's gotten more and more independent as time has gone on. Um, So for example, you can do things like ask Siri queries and it will show up on the watch now. Um, or you, the, with watchOS six, uh, the apps, uh, there's an app store on the watch for the first time, et cetera, but you still need to do setup from the phone. You still need a phone. Uh, and you know, the iPhone was like that with the Mac for a long time. You couldn't set up an iPhone on its own to like iOS five or something like that. Uh, it was sort of attached to your Mac. So I have no doubt that something like that will come down the, the, the pipe, but, uh, I think that making the Apple watch independent might go a long way to, um, Just making it even more of an interesting device, because when you're reliant entirely on your Apple Watch, you make some very different decisions about things than you do if you're, uh, well, I'd like to use my Apple Watch for this, but I got tired and I started to use my phone instead, right? Like, that's a very different uh, situation. So I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. Uh, But I think all of your answers were very solid, and I'm sure Apple will address each and every one of them.
3: (laughs) They're listening to this episode right now. Right
0: now, they're listening. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our last topic, which comes from Lori.
3: So we've seen a lot of pictures coming around on the Twitters and from reviewers of Night Mode on the new iPhones, and that's iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro and Pro Max. So my question to everyone is, what do you think of Night Mode? Do you think that it is really technologically advanced, or do you think it's just a lot of software trickery in the background?
1: It's definitely something that works really well. Um, Matthew Panzerino took his iPhone, uh, I think both of them to uh, Disneyland and took a bunch of night shots and they looked incredible. And I can remember whenever I first heard about the night site or whatever it's called on, um, on the Google devices, seeing those photos was like, wow, 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 wow. This is what I have always wanted. Um, I think this is an incredible thing that – because the fact is we kind of can – and by we, I mean like uh journalists, tech journalists and those of us in that sort of field can get a little – we can forget that normal everyday people take photos differently and and think about these things differently from the way that we do. And so we might know that, oh, you want to pump a bunch of light into a photo, into a scene, and then take the photo M- – you know, my, my, my brother is not thinking about that. He's at a, uh, music festival and wants to take a photo and wants it to look good. And that's what most people are doing. They're just wanting to take a photo, wanting it to look good. They're not thinking about, let's put seven key lights, uh, all around. And so this is incredible. And it looks like they're really pulling it off quite well. Um, it, just as well, if not better than the current, hardware and software package that the pixel provides so we'll see what happens in october with uh with google's you know latest round and what they're bringing to the table but i think it's great ant what are your thoughts uh
2: two things i don't think this is something that apple was putting out to sell more phones that's what that slow fees is for
1: Ah, very true. Slow face. It. it is what it is. Yep. That's that market
2: that they're going after. But I do, I do like this, this technological, quote unquote, feat that we're seeing from the manufacturers, um, whether it's computational or whether it's hardware where, where you can keep the shutter open a little bit longer. Um, I, I, I love the idea and I love the, the, the ability to do that with a device that's in your pocket and not in a backpack. Um, I do shoot long exposures, um, pretty often cause I like light streaks and things of that nature. And I have no problem mounting my phone to a tripod with the, with a clamp and all of that to do long exposures. I've done that in the past too. And so now having this computational power to make it even better. Uh, shoot, I'm geeked for it.
0: Yeah. I, based on your original phrasing the question, Lori, my first thought was why can't it be both? Uh, <laughs> <good>. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I do think first of all, computational trickery versus technological feat. I mean, it it doesn't really matter. I think you know, Mike hit upon that point at the end of the day too, right? Like most people don't know and don't care. They just want the picture they take to look as close to what they saw as possible, and I think that's what Apple is trying to get at here. Uh, in terms of having the night mode available. It's like, how many times have we all taken pictures in the dark and been like, oh, this is terrible. Like, this doesn't look at all like what I was trying to show people. And so anything you can get that makes that closer to a reality is great. Um, And I think, you know, all, obviously all photography is about certain amounts of, whether it be computational or other trickery, right? Like, just how you frame a shot, right? Like, I, I took this great panorama from the top of this hill uh, when I was in Edinburgh and in the panorama, there's nobody in it, but there were like a hundred people up there with right. me, right? Like so, it, you know, my picture's never quite reflecting what is reality, but it is reflecting what I am seeing and what I want to yeah. convey to someone. And so, if, if I can use night mode for that, then then that's great. And I think it just opens up so many great possibilities uh, and makes your camera so much more useful that it's hard for me to see it as anything but a good thing.
3: Yeah, so the reason I even brought this up in such a way is that I know that there are going to be people who are not yearly upgraders or not tech nerds when it comes to the iPhone. And they're going to be questioning whether or not this this is actually a, a really good advancement in, in camera technology for mobile devices, or whether or not this is kind of, uh, you know, ah, we just threw some software in the background. And so now it kind of looks brighter, but there's you know it's still noisy it's still you know a night shot that we just t- like h- shot the the brightness up and from what i've seen that's not the case and um i think the the technology uh, technological advancements when it comes to night shooting on iphone and on pixel and on samsung and huawei's phones are really impressive and and I, you know, I haven't seen these photos side by side and I actually don't own a device that I can compare them to myself. But of course, at uh, Mobile Nations, we've got a couple of people working on that. Um So I do look forward to seeing the differences between night mode and night sight and the other phones versions of night mode to see, you know, what stands out as being great and what kind of seems a little bit like, well... You know, they just kind of want to make it easier for us to take night pictures. But I, I, just like all of you are saying, what it comes down to is if, you know, I want to take a picture, which by the way, a couple of my selfies were too dark. <laughs> and so, um, if I just want to take a picture of myself and my mom, um, I want to be able to see it really well and, and being able to use some kind of computational software mixed with the, you know, lenses, uh exposing that that brightness i think that's great no matter what as long as we do like you say get a little bit of the reality of what we were trying to show and in that exact moment
1: uh, folks, I want to tell you a little bit uh before we we uh come to the end of the episode here, a little bit about St. Jude. Uh I don't know if you know what is happening uh this month, September, but September you can join supporters around the world during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month to raise money for the kids of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where families never receive a bill for anything. Each year, between 180,000 and 240,000 children are diagnosed with cancer worldwide, and St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. You can donate today at stjude.org slash relay to join the fight to end childhood cancer. Once again, that's stjude.org slash relay. So head there now to donate today, and thank you for helping us end childhood cancer. Uh, my last question for you, the bonus topic, crayons or colored pencils? Ant, we'll start with you. Colored pencils. Dan?
0: Magic mark now. <laughs> mm. Smelly markers. <laughs> uh, probably colored pencils, given the
1: option. Lori?
3: Crayons, crayons, crayons <laughs> all the time, all day, all night. Love them, love them, love them.
1: Wow. <laughs> I got to go with colored pencils. <laughs> Ooh, three to one. <laughs> uh well we have reached the end of another episode all that's left is to thank our guests for being here Aunt Pruitt thanks so much for joining us this week
2: oh my pleasure I appreciate you having me on and Lori Gill thank you so much for
0: being here
3: thank you so much for having me
0: and we will be back next week but until then we remind all of you listening out there watch what you say
1: and keep watching the clock
0: bye everybody